0: Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team, and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and QPR Trust CEO, not to mention lifelong RS fan Andy Evans. Rangers got themselves in the hat for the fifth round of the FA Cup with a 1-1 draw at Portsmouth last weekend. The match will be replayed now on Tuesday night with Watford at home, the tie awaiting the winners. We'll be reflecting on the Pompey draw, previewing Saturday's trip to Wigan. And as the QPR Trust celebrates its 10th anniversary, we'll be discussing the incredible work of Andy and his team in the local area and beyond. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. Well, the two Andys, thanks very much for joining us, Mr. Sinton and Evans. And firstly, Andy, just coming to you before we look back on the the draw at Portsmouth at the weekend. It's a, a big year for QPR Trust. Tell us why.
1: Well, we're we're now ten years old uh, as a as a charity. Obviously, we've been active at community level for going on for twenty five years now. But as a as a registered charity, as a charitable arm and a club. We celebrate 10 years this year.
0: And it's something that you look rightly proud about as well.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's, it's been a very interesting journey along the way, but uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of the, the amazing things that the staff deliver on the ground every day out in our local community.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and well, you should be. We'll be discussing that in more, tea, more detail later. But firstly, let's look back on on-the-pitch matters. A 1-1 draw against Portsmouth since at the weekend it means we went into the hat for the fifth round and we were able to enjoy what is certainly the possibility of hosting Watford in round five but talking about the draw at Fratton Park you were there what did you think
2: probably a fair result uh the game itself wasn't a classic uh, or one for the purists by any stretch of the imagination um you know chances few and far between i think the conditions weren't conducive to you know getting the ball down and play but you know, well for me, even though it wasn't a classic, watching the game and commentating on the game, it was—I really enjoyed it. Why? It was a proper cup tie, you know, fantastic atmosphere. Portsmouth, well supported, going well. Rangers fans in their numbers, right behind the side. Uh, tackles flying in everywhere. So, uh, so yeah, it was a proper cup tie. And uh, I think the important thing is when you when you're playing any team, you know, used to manager used to say to me, make sure you're in the hat. So we're in the hat. Got a tough job to do. Got to get the job done. But uh, coming back aloft this road, every confidence that we will win.
0: And it was a game at Pompey that clearly both sides felt they could win. Obviously Portsmouth flying high at the top of League One. QPR have had a good season so far, owing to obviously um, not playing. We've, we've slipped down now. A couple of disappointing results. So we're mid-table in the Championship. But certainly Portsmouth and QPR fans looked at that and said there's an opportunity for us to progress here and I think the atmosphere showed that didn't they? Both sets of supporters were right into the game.
2: There's a lot being said and a lot being written about the FA Cup over recent years and most of it's right you know teams uh, certainly the bigger clubs you know putting weak in size but Portsmouth went as strong as they could Steve went probably as strong as he could so uh, you know no one could no one could say we didn't treat the, the the game with the respect it deserves I was speaking to someone the other day. You know, the FA Cup. There's still, still a magic about it. I grew up with a time where it was the best competition in world football. I believe, you know, and I've had some fantastic, personally, I've had some fantastic days associated with the FA Cup. And uh, yeah, Saturday was, Saturday was a great occasion. Two teams really slugging it out, um, you know. But we're we're in the hat. We live to fight another day, and let's hope we get the job done. What was your
0: greatest FA Cup memory from your playing days?
2: I've had quite a few at various clubs, you know, um, playing for Brentford as a third division team there. We got to the quarter-final, we went up to Liverpool, the great Liverpool time of that era. Uh, Got beat 4-0, that was my last game before I came to Rangers. QPR, we got the quarter-final, you know, we 2-2 at Loftus Road, place was rocking against Liverpool. Had to go back to Anfield and Peter Beardsley scored in the first five minutes, you know, to, to settle the tie. My standout memory as a QPR player was we went to Arsenal and we drew nil nil. Brought them back to Loftus Road on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. It was absolutely lashing down a rain, but what a game! Uh, that is my best memory of Loftus Road actually vibrating, rocking. Uh, you know, we played some great stuff, won two nil, and uh, now that's my as a QPR player that was my best memory of the FA Cup.
0: And Andy Evans is just nodding alongside you. I think he was at every game you've just spoken about, uh-huh. were
1: you? I certainly was, I, 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 and I remember that night. I'll, let me see if I get it right. Did, did Kenny Samson score? Kenny Sampson, yeah.
2: Yeah. And yours truly got the, got the second <laughs> oh, I managed
0: to forget that. <laughs> you remembered the good goal. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and Andy, coming to you, you, you go to all the games home and away. Uh, you weren't at Portsmouth because you were in Barbados cheering on uh, the England cricket team, but you did make sure you were, you were sat and able to watch the game at, at Portsmouth. Um, what did you make of it from a, a viewing
1: capacity? Yeah, I done a bit of a Steve Bruce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you see him out there on the screen at the at the uh, at the game? Yeah, I was uh, one of the things I've always wanted to do. You know, is go and watch England play cricket in the West Indies. So it was, you know, I felt very privileged to do it, and it was an amazing experience. But it did mean that um, I wasn't available to go down to Pompey, so we we ensured we found a, a bar, a surfside bar in Holtown, uh, which showed not just our game, the Shrewsbury Wolves game was on. The Man City-Burnley game was on. There was all different sections with different fans watching their FA Cup games. So it felt a bit surreal sat there watching QPR you know, from, from afar. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was a fair result from watching it on the, on the screens there.
0: Did you meet any Rs fans out there?
1: We did, um, at the cricket. Unbelievable. Sat there um, on day two and a guy sat next to us You uh, a real northern accent. And about an hour into play, his phone goes. <laughs> so, What's that? He goes, "Oh yeah, I'm a QPR fan. I travel down from Mansfield quite regularly. Really? So, so yeah, and um, a few of the other lads who had the QPR flag um, up at the ground uh, bumped into them at lunchtime as well. So there was a Brilliant. there was a good contingent of ours fans over there as well.
0: Great stuff. Before the game against Portsmouth, Steve McLaren did say. He would be. He said, "I won't be tweaking this. I won't be tweaking that. I won't be resting players. I'll be going as full strength as I can." Iberaizi missed out with a knock. He hadn't trained all week, so Aramide, Ote came in from for him. But apart from that, Steve McClam was certainly true to his word. As a supporter, that's what you were looking for us, and it? it's what certainly judging by social media, it's what all fans were looking for. And the reaction when the team was announced was a very positive one.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's taken a long time for us to be this, you know, to be in the draw for the fifth yeah. round. Um, you know, it's, it, we've waited a long time for that, so you know, having a, a really strong side and you know, having a real go at trying to get through to the next round, I think everybody welcomed that, and um, we look forward to the replay.
0: Yeah, um, Aramide Ote, the player that came in, um, he's been doing very well at under twenty-three level. What did you make of his performance um, since?
2: Well, I knew um, Barry was struggling during the week, and it was pointless how close he was. It's not for us to know, really, but. Um, you know there was no risk attached there, so where uh, Rem came in now a couple of weeks ago we saw how good he can be when he played against Leeds. You know I thought he was excellent that day. How did he do the other day? I thought he started really really brightly. You know um, quite bold from Steve. I know we don't play quite two up if you like, but it was almost two strikers with one of them just dropping in from time to time. Whereas when a Berry plays, he definitely plays as a ten. So, uh, so Rem, yeah, I think he, again, he showed what he's all about. You know, really positive, um, drew people out, drew a couple of fouls, looked to use his pace, was a little bit unlucky with a half-chance header, um, which seemed to, from where we were, he seemed to get a good connection, but it came off the guy's shoulder to take the pace out of it. So, uh, no, again, I think, he, I think he came off with a bit of a knock from what it looked like, but uh, uh, he should be pleased with his performance, yeah.
0: And it was a fearless performance from him as well he wasn't looking for the, the easy pass or just to retain possession he was, he was willing to go at players
2: I think again uh, I've just alluded to you know he showed what he's all about he was excellent against Leeds a few weeks ago we know what he can do in the 23 so you know he can play two or three positions we certainly know he can score goals he's just waiting for that opportunity or opportunities to, to, to get a run of games and uh, as I say he should come off that pitch thinking you know well I've Put a shift in for the side, and uh, I've done quite well.
0: And on 63 minutes, the Balmy army in Barbados was silenced when Joel Lynch scored an own goal. It was a, a very good cross from Lee Brown, who, of course, was at QPR as a youngster. And um, Joel, as he's tried to clear it, he's <coughs> diverted it beyond Joe Lumley. At that point, Mr Evans, you think it's it's one of those FA Cup ties that we've seen this a lot at QPR where it's just going to come run away from us now.
1: Particularly for the first twenty minutes of the yeah. second half, as well, where mm. I thought Pompe- Pompey really came at us, and uh, you know, you were thinking, you know, may would this go away from us? Maybe in the past, you know, we might have folded there a little bit, but we got through that that really tough spell in the second half, and then we came back into the game, and then rightly got got the equalizer. So as I said, I think I think the draw was probably about about right.
0: And since Steve McLaren must have been pleased with the reaction <coughs> to going a goal down, like um, Andy says there. The second half certainly Portsmouth started yeah. a stronger, but once Portsmouth scored, rather than sort of go under, if you like, the reaction from the QPR players was to to raise the performance, raise the game, and and turn the tide in back in QPR's favour to get back on level terms.
2: 100% right, and I think that's been the case here now for the last sort of couple of years. You know we. That spirit that never say die, never know when you're beaten. I think most of the time that's been an evidence. So, uh, so yeah, I'll I'll echo what Andy said. You know, when I'm saying on commentary first 20 minutes, Portsmouth really came at us. Uh, we probably contributed to that a little bit. Give the ball away, couldn't clear our lines, but it was wave after wave without them really contra- um, creating too many chances. You know, the goal's really unfortunate. Good ball in, Lynchy's gone to clear it, but you know the reaction to that was really really positive credit to Steve he made a couple of substitutions which I thought took the game back into Portsmouth's half which is what we need to went probably a little bit more direct if you like but suddenly put Portsmouth under a lot lot more pressure than what they had been Uh, got our rewards you know Naki Johnny on the spot if you like from from a a yard to get us equaliser then you're looking and you think you know what are we going to settle for this are they going to settle for this I Mm -hmm. don't think either side was really happy with the replay so it was two teams for 15 minutes slugging it out like two boxers. unfortunately for us we couldn't get the winner but uh, as I say we'll, we'll go again uh, 10, 10 days time and uh, get it done then hopefully
0: and don't tell me the FA Cup doesn't matter when you see the reaction there from Luke Freeman who's, who's cross eventually set up Naki Wells equaliser the reaction from Wells the reaction from Jake Bidwell who was in there trying to bundle the ball over the line as well this this FA cup matters to these players doesn't it and it matters in the, it, it still matters today
2: and it should uh, and yeah you're quite right you see the reaction you know it's a it's a game you want to prog- you want to progress you you know if you win you're not sure at the time but who can you get you can pit your wits against some of the finest players in the in the country it gives you a chance to progress and once you get into the next round you know you're you're a couple of games away, and that's all what it comes down to a couple of games away from creating history sort of thing, so it does matter to players and it's always mattered to fans and you see the three thousand fans behind that goal um, you see people up near the press box who are on our side that's what <laughs> that's what it matters and uh, I don't think the f a cup will ever ever lose that
0: and Andy, your thoughts on the 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 replay first. Um, Portsmouth back at Loftus Road on Tuesday night. is sure to be a, an excellent atmosphere again. Pompey will come in their numbers as well. Um, what are your thoughts going into that one?
1: I think it'll be a very tough, tough game. I think, Similar game? Yeah, tight. I think it'll be close. Um, I'm sure Mr Jacket and Joe Gallen are looking forward to coming back to Loftus Road. So they'll be preparing their boys uh, to give a good account of ourselves, and like you say, you know that away end will be jumping. They mm. will, they will feel that. Uh, so it's gonna, it'll be a tough game. But <clears> you know, now that we've got them back on our own patch, you know, uh, let's hope we can get out, get into that next round because with that draw last night with Chelsea and Man U pairing, all of a sudden the FA Cup looks... There's a bit of a, a pathway the, there. A, it, you know, it could be open this year. Some, mm. you know, a couple of clubs could find themselves. At Wembley in those semi-finals,
0: and Kenny Jacket and Joe Gallen, I'm sure, will get an excellent reception when they come back to Loftus Road as well. Two people who worked at the club and, and did a, a lot of great work when they were here as well.
1: hugely respected both of them. Um, you know Kenny when he was assisting Ollie the first time round when you know we had some great great days. You know as we as we came back through the leagues, and Joe who done. You know an incredible job within the academy in very tough times mm. um, you know got got got, got through, <laughs> through a few players um, you know and he had some, he had some tough things to deal with like the uh, the loss of Ray Jones and then Prince you know, so uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing them both when they come back
0: yeah it'd be great to have them back at loftus road and since potentially Watford then well it will be Watford uh, for either ourselves or Portsmouth in the fifth round. At Loftus Road or at Fratton Park, home to Watford, that gives us a greater chance, Dustin. It just you always feel there's a chance when it's at Loftus Road.
2: I think anyone will tell you though they want a home draw. You know, I'm sitting watching it last night. And before you start, my son sent me, "Who do you want?" And I don't really know. You know, you do you want a big one away, waiting on a great occasion? Do you want a small one at home that gives you? But one at home will will do for me. Watford, you know, if you look at Liverpool are out, uh, Spurs are out, Arsenal are out, Watford are actually seventh in the Premier League, so they're the fourth highest ranked team mm. still left in it, so that puts the size of the task that hopefully awaits us, but let's not forget we've got to be Portsmouth, I totally agree with Andy, it's going to be a really tough game, but if we should progress, and I think we will, and I hope we will, really good game, you know, Watford's not a million miles away from QPR, that'll be packed, I would have thought, they'll bring a lot, so... Yeah, it should be a should be a great game. But as I say, let's get the game one next Tuesday night first.
0: What for the fourth highest ranked team remaining in the competition? I tell you, your level of research for the Loftcast <laughs> never ceases to amaze. Um, what the draw does also mean is that we've now got seven games in the space of twenty one days uh we take on Wigan then we take on Portsmouth then we're home to Birmingham then we travel to Bristol City then home to Leeds then home to West Brom and then we travel to Middlesbrough obviously the game against Leeds good change should we succeed um against Portsmouth but regardless it will be seven games in the space of 21 days the squad is going to be tested
2: certainly is you know you get periods of the season where they come thick and fast and this is this is a prime example, and if you go through those names that you've just mentioned, you know big games as well. Mm. You know teams riding and high. Um, you know you you look at the Wigan one, and we'll talk about that later on. But other than uh, other than that, all sides are right at the top of our division. Points so valuable this sort of time of year. Squad will be tested. Hopefully, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but hopefully a couple of our injured boys will be edging back towards fitness, which will bolster bolster the squad. But. Uh, yeah as a player that 's what you want though you know if you ask me do you want do you want to do you want two games in the next three weeks or do you want seven i 'll take seven all day so uh, yeah, all games to look forward to
0: yeah angel Rangel uh, Tom Mohamed and Jeff Cameron are all due to return at certain stages in february so it 's great it'll be great to have them back when those fixtures start piling up and also Masluongo has returned um, from his involvement in the Asian Cup with australia they Left the competition at the quarter-final stage, which was a surprise for many, and um, I don't think Mass would be surprised to hear that QPR fans were quite happy to see UAE dump the Aussies out because it meant Luongo returns. He's come back at the start of this week in the lead-up to Wigan, and he said, he's, "I've got a full week to prepare. I didn't play against UAE, so there's no fatigue issues. I'm I'm ready, and I want to play at Wigan. So he's straight back into it.
2: He'll be fine, um, you know, and." a man who doesn't pick up anything in training, I would expect him to go straight back into the side. lawonga for me, has been a really key player over a period of time at Rangers and probably don't realise how good he's been or how much you miss him until he's not actually playing. That's no disrespect to people who have come into the side, but I for sure will be really pleased to see Mas you know, back in, back in that centre midfield, pulling the strings, knitting things together and, uh, so I say, we welcome him back. <laughs>
0: Have you heard about the QPR ticket wallet? You can now use the QPR app to store your match or season tickets and gain access through the turnstiles at Loftus Road. You just need to ensure you have the latest version of the QPR app installed on your Apple or Android device and follow the simple instructions on the ticket tab on the lower navigation. For more details, visit qpr.co.uk. OK, so this week is a big one for QPR and the Community Trust. Andy Evans, well, in fact, this year is a big one. It's celebrating the 10th anniversary. Well, interestingly, it's important to clarify, it's the 10th anniversary since becoming a registered charity. The work you've been doing at QPR goes back far further than, than 10 years, doesn't it?
1: It does. We go back to 1994 to when we, when we uh, formed Football in the Community as a department within the club. So, how over, many
0: staff were there then?
1: Uh, then there was four of us plus a few apprentices. Um, yeah, it's 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 come a long way since then. What?
0: So, what's happening at the House of Commons on Monday, the fourth of
1: February? So, almost ten years to the day, we 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 launched QPR Community Trust at the House of Lords uh, ten years ago. So, Andy Slaughter, who's Hammersmith and Fulham's MP, he's hosting us at the House of Commons on Monday. Uh, a reception to celebrate the 10 years anniversary. So what we'll be doing, we'll we'll be looking back and reflecting on the 10 years. So we've got some key uh, participants who we're gonna we're gonna showcase. Um, a few members of our tiger cubs, our Down syndrome team. A couple of them have actually went to the first session 10 years ago. And we're going to be there on the evening. And also we've got some extra timers. Our over our over 60s club which also started 10 years ago. So those projects both started when we launched as the charity. So we'll be reflecting and talking to some of the participants, participants there. But it's also a chance for us to look forward and as to what we're gonna be looking to achieve going forward in the coming years. And hopefully you know, we'll, we'll be here for another 10 years going forward as well.
0: A lot of great projects for you to be rightly proud of. What are you most proud of from the last decade?
1: I think probably the most recent thing Um, I think it's really difficult to look beyond Game for Grenfell and the legacy world that we've done around that. Um, It wasn't just how we as a community trust reacted, it was how the whole club reacted to that that disaster. Um, Bearing in mind we we lost a couple of participants in the fire as well. Um, And and I think it, it just reflected what Queen's Park Rangers stands for, you know, family club, community club. Is, is embedded in its local community. It, it delivers work in an authentic way. And although it was probably the hardest thing I've been involved in, and I know Andy, Andy was very much there with us um, at the time. It was also the best thing, strangely, that I was also involved in as well. I mean, to see, Loft- <coughs> to see Loftus Road on Game for Grenfell absolutely filled with our local community, all there to, you know, Pay respects to those that were lost. Plus, we you know we raised a million pound, mm. you know, for the for the survivors and the bereaved, and everybody pulled together. You know, the whole club, from the owners, through to all the staff. You know, Les obviously played a hugely important role in 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 delivering the game as well because of his um, relationship being a you know a local from the local area. So very proud of that and um, what is important for us now is supporting that particular part of West London to, to continue its recovery.
0: <coughs> well said and since from your point of view it, the QPR and the Community Trust is some, it's something you've worked on since you returned as a club ambassador and obviously recently as we spoke about in a recent Lofcast you were invited to become a, a trustee by Ruben Nan- Nanlingham the, the co-owner and it's it's something that's
2: you're very proud of and, and rightly so i like how everything andy said you know and congratulate him and he's um, you know he's his team around him for for what they've done magnificent achievements and long may that continue you know i'm i say i'm privileged to get involved and you know to support the community trust in any way i can and i only play a very very small part but you know going into the various things that they do whether it's schools whether it's the extra time uh whether it's the Uh, Tiger Feet thing, you know, I see firsthand the influence of the work that's being done, the positive impact that it's having on many lives across, you know, our youngest participants, probably three, and I think I I went to one uh, event where the oldest was 92 or something, you know, so that's a massive, broad spectrum of ages that the Community Trust is working with, influences and helping. And as I say, it's got a fantastic staff, who work incredibly hard they are the face of the club on a daily basis you know there's a game at Loftus Road every well there's going to be a few in the next few weeks but usually about every other fortnight there's a game at Loftus Road what Andy's team does they're on the ground I wouldn't say 24-7 but certainly seven days a week in various projects and as I say um, they do a fantastic job.
0: Andy you're the obviously CEO of the Trust, and I know you're always keen to applaud the work of your staff in in delivering all those incredible projects.
1: It is important because, you know, we're now a staff of 100. We've got 37 full-time contracted workers, but then underneath that we've got 60-odd sessional workers and, you know, they're all going out into the community every day. And one thing that you will find amongst all the staff is the passion for the work that they're delivering. You know, if you come to the projects and you see their engagement with, you know, the participants, regardless of their age, you know, they're so passionate about their work. But they're also, they've got an amazing skill set as well. So if we go back 25 years, even 10 years, you know, I was looking to employ football coaches. Mm. But now I'm looking for nutritionists, health workers, social workers, um, mentors, you know, a whole range of different skill sets are now needed within the trust. Um, and you have and, to be
0: quite reactive too, obviously, with what happened with Grenfell. You made two appointments on the back of what was now required in the local area.
1: So I think if you're going to be a true community club, you, you have to react to what's happening in, mm. in your local community. So, mm. you know, sadly, we had one of the worst disasters in Britain for many, many years. But you know, there, there's, there's other challenges that face us now. You know, we've got, you know, there's a real problem around youth violence, you know, what role? Are we going to play? To we can't do it on our own, but I'm sure football and and football clubs can play some sort of role in trying to address some of the issues uh, that are facing our young people, particularly in inner city London. So you know you 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 have to react to what's going on within your neighbourhood.
0: And the backing of the owners, the backing of <coughs> the CEO Lee, who's how vital has that been to the progression of the
1: trust? I think it's made massive difference for us when you get that understanding and buy-in from very, very senior level from shareholders through to the club CEO, the board of trustees, which Andy has recently joined. You know, if you've got that sort of joined up thinking and support from the very top and they place community, you know, alongside all the other important functions of the football club, then, you know, it, it again, it reflects that, you know, we are, we are a true community club.
0: And Steve McLaren is a, a big supporter of the role that football clubs can play in the local community. I remember one of his, his first jobs as QPR manager, before he'd even met the squad, before he'd taken a training session, he obviously joined us in the close season. His first role was coming down from up north because he hadn't moved down, he, he came down because he wanted to be involved in delivering uh, a session to some kids who had been impacted by the Grenfell fire.
1: Yeah, it was from the uh, Kenton Aldridge Academy, it was their PE group. And uh, we had a we had a sort of a careers day at Loftus Road and then a Q and A, which Steve came and sat on. So that was a, you know, brilliant that he supported us from day one. But ongoing, what he has done is made sure that the players understand what their role also is so this year alone, this season, we've already done over 600 player appearances, wow. that includes the under 18s, the under 23s and all the senior first team. So the players now are going out into the community, supporting the programmes that we're delivering, and that makes a huge difference to getting messages across to young people. When the players come out and support that, you know it really is impactful.
0: What are the plans for the future?
1: Well, like I said, you know, it is about reacting to what what is what is uh, happening in the local community. So, I think for us, there's going to be going forward, we are going to be focusing more on health and well-being. You know, we we saw from, you know, some of the some of the um, some of the issues around Grenfell was around mental health. So, using using football to, you know, try and deal with some of the issues that people are facing through trauma. In that case. There's still an ongoing issue around childhood obesity, so getting young people physically active and eating well, and also focusing in on social isolation, particularly among those older, the older generation. So I think that's gonna be, you know, our focus around health and wellbeing, and then going back to that whole sort of youth focus, you know, lots of, um, we know that if you can keep people in education, and they can get some qualifications, you know, their, their, their life chances improve. So working with schools, know to keep kids in school and and continuing to achieve and you know through that we're we're doing a lot of one-to-one mentoring with with young people to hopefully um, get them positively through education and also you know we also know that employment is hugely important in terms of changing people's lives so trying to get some of our young people work ready and actually into jobs um, is part of what we're looking to focus on
0: OK, we'll turn in back to matters on the pitch. And um, it's Wigan next up for QPR, the trip up there. And, well, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this one since, I'll be honest, because in theory it's a game you look at and think there's an opportunity to pick up points here. But I'm mindful that <laughs> these, and we've said it a million times, and it's often the case, these are the games that QPR find most difficult. You and Kevin Gallon spoke last week on the Lofcast and said the yeah. hardest games are the ones where the expectancy is to win and the reality is you look at the league table Wigan um, got promoted obviously from league one last season they're now 20th in the championship they're six points above the drop but Reading and Bolton below them both have a game in hand so certainly Wigan are now getting into the stage as we head into February the season really is heading towards the the business end if you like they're going to start scrapping to hang on to their championship status that that they fought so hard for last season to to win um how do you see this game go
2: I say a really tough game when I say that every week. Uh, you know, if you look at Wigan, start of the season really, really well, tailed off what they, they've won two in the last 16 league games, I think, you know, one in the last 10 league games. So they're on a poor run. Last home game, they comprehensively beat Aston Villa 3 0, so there's no mean feat. If you look at the home form, 24 of the points have come at home. You know, uh, I was looking at a few stats the other day. They're in the top 10 of the division on home form. It's where their away form has been abysmal. So. Putting all that into the mix, I had a look at what Paul Cook said after they got beaten the weekend, and he says they're going to find a way, and he might sacrifice because he he likes to play in a, a certain type of football, but they'll scrap. But their home form is going to be very, very important and key if they are going to stay up. But it's a game for us that we go there. You know, we've had some fantastic away performances this year, and uh, we should be going there to to win, which we will. And. Uh, hopefully we can but as I say I'm sitting here I'm expecting a really really tough game and we're going to have to be at our best you know if we're below our best we'll get beat so we're going to have to be at our best to get something from the game and I'm sure that's the message Steve will be sending out to the players all week. You talk about the Wigan
0: boss Paul Cook there saying we'll have to find mm. a way they like to play football do you think he's suggesting that we're going to change our approach to get over the line?
2: Well uh, yeah you know he's the, Paul's a really good manager and he's done well at various places where he's been, you know, and those stats that I've just looked into, you know, if you've only won two in the last 16 league games, mm. something's not right. So you might just have to sacrifice for the next 14, 15 games away. He was saying he needs a little bit of help in the window, and that's coming to an end, what he can get in, but let's uh, say, they've got dangerous players throughout the pitch, but as I say, they're in a poor run of form. Can we capitalise on that?
0: They've only won, like you're alluding to their, their form, they've only won one of their last 11. And this is what does not make sense about the championship. That one win was an absolute slap of Aston Villa. Yeah. Like you say, a 3-0 win over Aston Villa. But from that 11 games, they've lost eight of those 11. So it's, they haven't been picking up points. The Villa match aside. And then you go back to the start of the season... They flew out of the blocks and they were third in the table after nine games. I don't even want to imagine where we were at that stage of the season, (laughs) but they were third in the table and a couple of points off top spot. And I think it might be a continuation of the feel-good factor from getting promoted as champions from League One, and that continued into this season, which a lot of promoted clubs aim to do. But certainly they've tailed off now. Um, Andy, will you be making the, the trip up to Wigan?
1: Oh yes, I'll be uh, on the road. The balmy
0: uh, Army is fading like your tan. <laughs> yes, I'll
1: be I'll be setting out nice and early on Saturday morning up to the northwest, which is always the most challenging of uh, journeys, but um looking forward to it, I, you know, we 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 are more consistent and now away from home. So, you know, I'll be mm. I'll be travelling, you know, hopefully and re- returning home with three points hopefully.
0: There is a greater optimism on the road now, isn't there, that we do seem to have, I mean, touched with. there's no guarantee we we'll pick up points this weekend like any championship game, but there is a feeling of when you travel to an away fixture, there is that, that feeling that we can pick up results because we've done that this season now.
1: I think it's because there's a level of consistency. Mm. And so, you know, you, you go in knowing that, you know, if the, if the boys get to the level that they have done, you know, over previous weeks, that you've got a good chance of picking up points. I'll always take a point away from home, um, but, you know, hopefully we'll be returning with three on Saturday.
0: Um, And the Masluongo interestingly said this week that he was following QPR results from afar and the 4-1 defeat against Preston, he said it's disappointing, he said, but sometimes that can almost be what he called a knock on the door to say, hey, wake up, you need to get back to what you were doing um, prior to the the turn of the year. And sometimes can a, a bad result like that actually have a better impact than a narrow
2: defeat when you didn't deserve anything? Well, that's the beauty of football, you know—the game we love. You know, we—you yeah, 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 hop back to that game a week ago. You know, I thought it was put to bed, but uh, you <laughs> know, we had been on a—we had been on a really good run. I certainly didn't see it coming, but it did. Uh, we were poor in a the day; there was no hiding place. But yeah, we've—you um, bounced back from that. We put in a decent performance Saturday. You know, that's a brick in the foundation of starting mm. another run again. You know, so we go up to Wigan. Um, you know, we know we're a good side. We know we've got good players. On our day, we're capable, as we've shown, getting results against anyone. And it's just as Andy said. You know, getting that consistency back that uh, enables you to put result after result after result. And if you look at the league table, people might say, "Oh, we well, slipped a couple of places." You know, There's a few points separate six or seven teams. You know, you just need to get a good run of games, a block of five or six, where you where you put points on the board, albeit on paper, we've got a a really what looks a tough running, but maybe that's what we need. And coming back to the point you make about Mass, you know, does a bad defeat, it can just jolt you into, you know what, we're not quite as good as what we thought, not that I'm saying we got carried away with anything, but it's just that reality check that the division that we play in, if you're not at it, every Saturday, every Tuesday, or whenever you play against anyone, you'll get beat. Who are the players to watch? They've got some good attacking players in my view, you know, um, just looking at the side that played against we- uh, Villa when they beat them, you know, Josh Windass, I quite like Joe Garner, it's a decent player, Roberts to scored goals, Pilkington, I think he missed Saturday through injury, you know, Evans and Morsey in the middle of the park, they'll get them playing if they're both playing, so uh, so we, and quite rightly so, will respect them 100%, we'll go toe-to-toe and hopefully come away with a result that like we all want. I'll tell
0: you what, your your knowledge of the Championship, what we need to get you bolt cutters, a change of clothes and uh, a train up to Wigan's training ground to have a look just to get, get the, the, the inside scoop. Um, and Andy, just finally from you as we go into the second half of the season, from a, a QPR fan's perspective, how much are you looking forward to the second half of the season? Now, as I say, we're, we're really going into the, the business end all of a sudden.
1: Very much looking forward to it. I think we can look upwards rather than run down and as Andy just said, you know, it only takes, you know, a run of three or four games where you put a run together and points on the board, and then you really are in the mix in terms of playoffs. So I think that's where all QPR fans are looking at the minute. But as you know, as we know, it's a tough, tough league. Um, but we're more than capable of putting that that sort of run together.
0: Great stuff, Andy Sinton. Thanks very much for joining us as always, Andy Evans. Thank you, thank you for coming on the Loftcast this week and very best of luck for your House of Commons event on Monday.